You've made a healthy choice. Choice. Thank you for choosing Radio Glamorgan. My name is Andrew Wolf, and this is He Ain't Heavy. In this short series, we've been looking at the part unpaid carers play in the community and the help that Carers Wales offer. In this final episode, we'll hear from Rob, who cares for his 96-year-old mum, who has a degenerative sight problem, Jane, who cares for her 38-year-old son with Down syndrome, and from Darren, who cares for his mum, who has dementia. I'll be joined by Beth Evans, who is the policy manager for Carers Wales and offers advice on being an unpaid carer. Are you an unpaid carer looking after a loved one? There are thousands across Wales, many feeling unsupported and alone, now more than ever. Carers Wales is here for you, with expert advice, useful information, support and much, much more. And it's all free. Find out more at carerswales.org. That's carerswales.org. Carers Wales, here for you and all unpaid carers. Beth, thank you for joining us. Hi, hi. Do we have any idea of how many carers there are not recognised as a carer and not aware of the advice they can get? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a huge issue because for the vast majority of people, caring sort of happens over a period of time when they start providing additional support to the ones they love because of disability or illness. And for a lot of those carers, quite often it can take anything from between three to five years for them to actually recognise, you know, the role that they now have. Um, And obviously, by not having that sort of self-recognition, many actually miss out on um, benefits that can actually help them with their caring role. So... Tell me firstly then about uh, claiming the benefits available to carers. Right. If um, the person that somebody is looking after is in receipt of qualifying disability benefits, so for those under pension age, that is now personal independence payment, or for those over pension age is attendance allowance. If the person they look after is in receipt of those benefits... Um, many carers, depending on the uh, um, situation, they can often claim a carer's allowance, which is about £70 a week. But for those carers who are over pension age, for many of those, they won't be able to claim the carer's allowance because their pension is classed as an overlapping benefit. But depending on circumstances, those carers who are in receipt of a pension and get pension credit can actually claim an additional supplement in their pension credit in recognition of their caring role. So I suppose um, really what people need to do is to actually seek some advice on it. Um, And obviously as an organisation, we've got that information on our website um, and can can provide that advice um, and signposting as well. And uh, do carers have particular rights? Yeah, the Social Services and Wellbeing Wales Act um, 2014 came into force in 2016. And what that does, it puts carers on an equal footing as the disabled people that they actually look after. So, for example, carers have got a right to be assessed for their support needs 
to help them care. So every carer in Wales has got our right to an assessment of need and the first protocol to actually get an assessment of any needs that they may have is to go to your local authority um, and your local authority can start that process off. Now you've mentioned, uh, Beth, that there's plenty of advice on the Carers Wales website, so remind us uh, of that address. Right, the Carers Wales website is www.carerswales.org um, and there are advice pages on there. Not only do we have um, advice pages on there, there is also a forum that if you join us as a member, which is actually free, you can sign up and you can have sort of 24 hours, seven days a week, peer-to-peer -peer support with other carers. What we find is, is the carers really benefit from speaking to other carers who have that lived experience or who have often faced sort of the challenges um, and barriers they feel um, that they're dealing with on their own so it also helps to alleviate that sort of isolation and, and feeling that it's just them in that position. When you need a shoulder you can cry on your tears away when it takes someone you can rely on you can call me any time of day when no one else will listen I'll hang on every word till you realize there's someone who really cares when you need someone who'll always love you you're not alone you're not alone when you're lost and stumbling in the darkness
forsake you as you swim against the tide. You've made a healthy choice. Thank you for choosing Radio Glamorgan. Ydych chi'n o fawr didal sy'n gofalu am rhoi nanwyl? Mae miloedd ohonoch ar draws Cymru a llawer yn teimlo heb gymorth ac ar ei ben eu hunain, a'r dyddiau hyn yn fwy nag erioed. Mae gofalwyr Cymru yma i chi gyda cyngor a bernigol, gwybodaeth defnyddiol, cefnogaeth a llawer mwy, ac mae'r cyfan am ddim. Dysgwch fwy ar safle careswales.org, unwaith eto careswales.org. Gofalwyr Cymru, yma i chi a phob gofalwyr didal. You're listening to He Ain't Heavy. In a moment we'll hear from Jane and Darren about their experiences of being carers, but firstly, here's Radio Glamorgan's very own Rob Jones. You can walk my path. You can wear my shoes. Land a tug like me. And be an angel too. But maybe you ain't never gonna feel this way. You ain't never gonna know me. But I know you. Singing in our things can only get better, can only get better if we see it through. That means me, and I'm in it too. So teach me how to think, can only get better, can only get, can only get, take it all from me, you know. Hello, my name is Rob Jones and until recently I was an internationally renowned rock DJ on Radio Glamorgan, the in-house radio station for the University Hospital of Wales. However, with everything on hold due to the pandemic, I've now reverted to my other job as a part-time carer for my mother. Mum is 94 years young and whilst mentally having all her faculties has suffered from macular degeneration for several years. For those of you that don't know, this is an eye condition that leads to the gradual loss of central vision, leaving only a small amount of peripheral sight. Realistically, she can now only see movement and some colour. This has made living a normal life increasingly difficult for her and having been an independent woman for many years, she is now housebound after a succession of falls. Matters came to her head last September when a fall broke her hip, resulting in an operation and a five-week stay in hospital. Whilst wanting to retain a semblance of independence, her condition means that even routine tasks carry an element of risk. Minor things such as turning off a light or making a cup of tea have resulted in her falling. 
This in turn necessitated paramedic visits and hospital stays. In truth, I now dread the phone ringing as it potentially signals that mum has had another accident. I would like to add at this point that I realise I am much more fortunate than many other people who act as full-time carers for their elderly parents. Mum is blessed with many kind and considerate friends and neighbours. However, most importantly, she also has home care agents who call on her three times a day. These kind and ever-patient ladies ensure she gets up in the morning, eats breakfast, has a midday meal and then they return in the evening to put her to bed. It goes without saying that were it not for the assistance of these wonderful women, my life would be a darn sight harder. What I have learnt though in the last 18 months is that being any type of carer is demanding, physically and mentally draining and very time consuming. Whilst the help I receive is invaluable and I am internally grateful for it, there are still a plethora of things I have to do for mum. The task can seem never ending and even the smallest can be incredibly stressful for both myself and her. From preparing her medication to paying the bills, undertaking washing to reading the post, talking to doctors and physiotherapists to taking out the rubbish, the list goes on and on. Matters are not helped when I am additionally trying to make time for my own family and hold down full-time employment. Whilst I accept that to look after mum is my responsibility and one I accept willingly and recompense for the love she has always shown me, I've got to learn that such an arrangement is not always easy for either the carer or the cared for. So I tip my hat to carers all over the country and the sterling work they do that can sometimes go unnoticed, especially in the middle of a pandemic. So all I have to say is keep your spirits up and like Dee Ream once said, things can only get better. Hi, my name is Jane Palmer. I'm a full-time carer and mother to Jamie who is 38 and has Down syndrome. In the late 70s, me and my then-husband were thinking of adoption. Around 1980, we started going to the Bernardo's group called Be My Family in Cardiff. This was a charity organisation that found suitable placements for children in care. We went along keen to explore our options for a family. Once there, they informed us that they mostly dealt with hard-to-place children, for example, children with special needs or larger family groups. They gave us a book to browse through that showed us the children they had, who were looking for placements for care. We were very interested in one little baby boy who had Down syndrome. However, on inquiring, we found that someone had already been interviewed to be his potential adoptive parents. We continued to show our interest in adoption. We were later invited to weekly meetings with the group where we played out life dramas and scenarios of dealing with children with special needs and all the hurdles of life that could occur. Later in the process took place serious talks with social workers that came to the house where interviews together and separate occurred. This of course was very important as adoption is a big commitment for anyone or family. So we had to demonstrate our commitment to being suitable parents for life. We were also taken to visit special needs schools and daycare facilities. These showed the potential of where our child could be learning in order to develop their social life and needs. After a very long process, which I think took almost a year, our application was put forward to a committee which consisted of doctors, social workers and carers to be approved. The day we received the phone call to say our application was successful, 
We were so excited to finally realise our dream of becoming parents was about to come true. Around two weeks later, we were contacted by a social worker to tell us they had a baby boy with Down syndrome on their list who was looking for parents. We instantly said yes, we would love to meet him. So we arranged to travel to Devon with a social worker to meet this little boy. So he was about six months old and with foster parents. Although six months old, he appeared much younger and smaller than an average baby of that age. Despite this, he was happy and healthy. But from the moment we saw him, we instantly fell in love with him. We were left with him for a short while to change, feed and bond with him. I just knew from then on that I wanted him as my son. After some time of getting to know him that day, later we then had a horrible part when it was time to leave to be told it's now a waiting game. However, a couple of days later we received a call with the best news ever to say he could finally be our son. Arrangements were made for us to collect him. However, as it was near Christmas time, the foster parents asked if they could keep him for one more Christmas. So we finally drove up on a very cold January the 6th in 1982 to bring our son home. I couldn't wait at last to finally be a mum. So that's the introduction of how I became Jamie's mum and full-time carer. At age three, not long after Jamie learned to walk, he attended observation class in the mainstream primary school. The main difficulties Jamie struggled with was still mastering to walk along with his speech development. At age seven, he went on to another special needs school. Around this age, I discovered Jamie at times could be very stubborn, as he would often wander off if he were out. This was because Jamie had no knowledge or awareness of danger. So you can imagine this could be very stressful at times. Jamie did enjoy school though, as he likes routine in his life. If we find you sway from his routine, then he can become very agitated and stressed. In his early teens, Jamie was diagnosed with autism, which combined with Down syndrome can be very challenging at times. This goes back to his routine being upset, as I've mentioned. For instance, Jamie likes to sit in his favourite seat at all times. This includes at home. If he cannot sit where he likes, then he can get upset and stressed and shoved or bang objects. Also big challenges as a carer can be seen to his personal and hygiene needs. This is a 24-hour job that Jamie relies entirely on myself for as his parent and carer. So every area of Jamie's life I cater for, from washing, dressing, cooking, cleaning, and even communicating for him. Jamie has severe learning difficulties, which means he cannot read or write or handle money. To do a task, he would have a very limited attention span. From the age of 19, Jamie has attended a day centre for adults. This is for five days a week. He enjoyed the hustle and bustle of life and interacting with his friends there. It gave him a chance to socialise with people outside of his home, as well as a normal routine for his week. The last two years, however, have been extremely challenging and difficult for Jamie. 
He stopped attending his day centre and respite and prefers to sit in a chair at home all day in his pyjamas. After numerous tests, I have discovered he has a low B12 level and an underactive thyroid. Jamie now receives medication for this, however his quality of life is now very limited. He still refuses to attend day centre and refuses to leave the house entirely. At times, I think he may be psychic and has predicted this pandemic coming the whole time, as he hasn't left the house at all. As his parent and carer, I continue to work on getting Jamie back to his normal routines of going out to get his life back to some sort of normality, although this has been very challenging and at times an ongoing battle. I continue to liaise with doctors and disability team to try and find a solution to Jamie's sudden lack of interest. From the experience of being a carer, I think the government should put more funding into giving better access to services for carers to enable us to do the job day in and day out. Every person's situation is different as each of us needs different types of support. So although being a carer is very challenging at times, it's extremely rewarding as his parent watching him grow and develop into this lovely young man he is today. It's a privilege to have been chosen to be his mother. My name is Darren and I'm a carer for my mum who has dementia. The day in the life of being a carer for a parent who has dementia is a very difficult job that I don't think anyone can appreciate how hard it is unless you are doing it or have done it yourself. No two days are the same. Mood swings can be sudden and sometimes so bad that the situation must be diffused because the mood could escalate. To diffuse the situation, I've learned that leaving the house for an hour gives mum time to get over her mood swing and almost always when I've returned, mum's mood has improved. It is so complex. Every day is different because every day you visit, you don't know what to expect due to cognitive and behavioural changes which are unpredictable. Plus the fact that mum has always been a very independent person with a stubbornness that could never be challenged. It is doubly difficult to care for a loved one with dementia when they are so independent and very stubborn with it too. Because even though mum needs my help, she doesn't want my help. I first saw a change in my mother about six months before my dad had to go into a care home because he had mixed dementia and was struggling with minor everyday tasks. In January 2015, it got too much for dad because the usual issues with dementia was stopping him from doing things for himself around the house and the double incontinence was just too much for my mother to cope with. Mum went into a deep depression because of it, which lasted for about six months until I managed to get the doctor to change her depression tablets. My mother's dementia was getting quite bad throughout the whole time my dad was at the care home. There were many issues and instances with her forgetting things. Her mood swings were getting worse and taking tablets were starting to get sporadic. It came to breaking point when my mum collapsed whilst visiting my dad at the care home and I later found out that she was taking too many tablets because she couldn't remember taking them and so took more and more. Luckily the tablets that mum took, the doctor at A&E said they were not tablets that anyone could overdose on but they could make you sick. From that day on we took control over many aspects of mum's life. It wasn't easy because as I mentioned 
Mum has always been an independent person with a stubbornness that made it really hard to help her. My sister and myself took control of administering Mum's tablets and I applied for power of attorney to help Mum with health and well-being and property and finance. This was a very difficult task, but I took it upon myself to do it to help Mum.
Mum had started to show signs of dementia around 2015, and when Dad died in May 2017, a month later Mum was diagnosed with cognitive impairment. Due to various supplements and vitamin D3 prescribed by the doctor in 2019, both my sister and myself believe the progress of the disease in mum seemed to have slowed down since 2017, when it was quite rapid deterioration from 2015 to 2017. Mum still suffers greatly with memory loss and all the other symptoms related to dementia that is still so frustrating and stressful. Some days are really bad, but I do look forward to the good days because when the good days come, however infrequent they are, it's very much like having my old mum back. I am so proud to be able to care for my mum in this way because she never failed caring for me when I was growing up. Are you an unpaid carer looking after a loved one? There are thousands across Wales, many feeling unsupported and alone, now more than ever. Carers Wales is here for you with expert advice, useful information, support and much, much more. And it's all free. Find out more at carerswales.org. That's carerswales.org. Carers Wales, here for you and all unpaid carers. Is it filled with the gladness 
Heavy has been brought to you by Hospital Radio Glamorgan in association with Carers Wales. For more information, go to carersuk.org or you can find a link on our website, radioglamorgan.com.